Welcome to the World Changer Podcast, where we get you off the sidelines, challenge your mindset, and get you to take action, no matter what's ahead. Come on, what are we waiting for? Let's go. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome to World Changers. It's your host, Dan Fisher. Today, we have another segment for Coffee with World Changers, and man, it is a great interview. He gives a ton of knowledge. He is perfect for that one person that might need that little push on maybe starting our own business or, or project, whatever it may be. He's got something in there for each and every one of you guys. So like I said, I'm very excited for everything that he's got. So let's get into it. Let's check it out. Here's a little bit about him. So my guest, his name is Jason Johnston, and he is the co-founder of The Bog Ministries. And what that is, is a mobile food pantry that has been going on for about 11 years. And they've gone from feeding just a couple of families per week to 2,000 families per month, and they're growing. And they've, they've really put a platform together for families that are not just starving, but families that are hungry, families that you don't necessarily see. And they've really made a great opportunity for people to volunteer and connect and kind of give those people a chance to just get the basic necessities in life. I'm pleased to introduce you to Jason Johnston. Yeah, excellent. So thanks for having me. And how I got to where I'm at, right? 11 plus years of nonprofit. You know, when you ask that question, it's it's a loaded question, right? You know, like like this, the super fast version is I grew up in Wisconsin. I moved to Ohio to change, to, change, to change my life. Did corporate America for seven years, uh, made a lot of money, and then recognized that paying my dad and making a lot of money is great and all, but there was something missing. And I was 11 years younger. And I talked to another friend of mine, also named Jason. And we kind of both co-signedly hit the same moment where life was good and things were moving forward, but there had to be more to do or something we could do that would would benefit our community and benefit ourselves, you know, fill ourselves up. You know, I think there's a value in doing what you're passionate about, doing what you care about, because I think that absolutely, it shines. It shines when people are being authentic and having the opportunity to be who they want to be or use the assets they, they have, good things happen. And that good thing for us was called BOG, right? B-O-G-G, BOG, which, because of God's grace, and it was more just about, right, the question mark, right? Where we've been, you know, if, if you looked at Jason and myself, uh, in high school, right, or even college, you would have never said these two guys are going to be running a nonprofit, and they are going to be out giving food to people. And you know, the thing was, when we sat and talked, we met at uh, Tank's Bar and Grill in Dayton, Ohio. And I think for anyone who's Dayton, uh, Tank's Bar and Grill is a spot they know. Our UD students, right? It's off, it's off campus. And it's bar food, but it's homemade, and it's a great little local spot. And we sat there, and we had breakfast, and we had a very long version of, of this summary. And it was saying, "Hey, what could we do, and how do we do it?" And it's like, "Let's let's love people, let's feed people, and uh, 
let's figure out what we want to call this thing, you know? And it was that kind of simple of, if, if we want to do something, let's take the chance. No matter what happens, right? Good is going to, good is going to come out of it. So whether good was going to be a week, a month, a year, or 11 plus years, right? It was, if it works, we'll see where it goes. And if it doesn't work, well, we did good no matter how long we took to figure out if it was going to work or not. So. Oh, that's amazing. I love that. You said a lot that we're going to definitely unpack. So uh, yeah. man, I'm, I, I'm excited to start this because you, you have, um, you have a lot going for you as it, as it already is. And I, I'm, I'm excited to see where you guys are going. Um, now you mentioned that whenever you were in corporate America, something was missing. I think that happens a lot in people, uh, but maybe you can explain a little bit more how that felt and, and maybe like what drove you to kind of getting out of that. Yeah, no, I think that's, that's a great thing. And you're right. It, it's a constant conversation, whether, whether it's with a friend or a coworker, right? It is that thing that, that we, especially over the last, I'd say 20 years, have been talking more and more about. And not even talking more and more about as a culture, but I think, right, our world has went from saying, do, you know, do what you care about and you'll never work a day again in your life, right? You kind of heard that growing up. But it almost felt like more of a pipe dream as a kid, right? And because a lot of times, a lot of us saw our parents and they weren't doing what they loved. Or if what they loved, they would do either as a hobby or they would do when they could find some time. And... So kind of we, like I was raised in that, you know, I was raised with this idea of, you know, get an education, high school, college, right? Maybe it's for you, maybe it's not, but it's definitely something you should explore. And then, right, get the job, get the house, pay the bills, so on, so on. And so I kind of took some form of that route traditionally. And I went to college uh, in Madison, Wisconsin, and I did a half a year and I decided that, um, the price is right and partying uh, was funner than going to college. And so, so I, right. So I dropped out of school the first time college, and then I moved right to Ohio, kind of hit the reset button. Right. And I got into this world and, and it, it is, I, I worked my way up, right. I started at the shipping dock and because I, it was opportunity and right. an opportunity to get to making money to climb in that chain right? You have to start when, when opportunity presents itself. And so I kind of worked my way up, right? And as you work your way up, right, I went back to college and then I got opportunity within the company and I dropped out of college again, you know, and because I was going to Sinclair and Dayton, Ohio. And I dropped out of college again because, right, opportunity presented itself and, and money became real. And then it was kind of going, okay, well, I can't do both well, so I need to pick a lane. And at that time it was, let's, pick a lane in this company because this company has potential to grow. It's been around forever and they're investing in me. Um, so let me invest in myself. Let me invest in them and kind of just grind it out and learn. And in that, right, it is education, you know? And, and so I started at the bottom and I slowly worked my way, you know, up into the topper tiers and right, I paid the debt. I did the things I was told to do, right? I, I, I bought a condo. Right, I was paying my mortgage, right? I wasn't giving money to an apartment, right? All those things you hear how to save your money or someone's gonna tell you how to do it best. Uh, but I think what's best, right, is for us. But for me, it was that was the leading. I paid off my cars, 
I paid off my debt and I had a mortgage in a condo in Beaver Creek, Ohio. And it was great, right? Seems great to me. But ultimately, right, it's that of going, now what, right? <laughs> yeah. Now what? Exactly. And so I found myself at, uh, you know, 25, 26 years old saying, now what? You know, and, and one thing I think I've known is my whole life, right? I've, I've enjoyed people. People have mattered. I find hope in people. I enjoy meeting new people. It is, right, some level of hobby slash passion slash who I am. I've always been, when I look back at the picture of saying, right, friends with, with everyone, you know, from elementary school to middle school, right, the college and high school and everywhere in between, whether you, someone was stereotyped as someone different or someone cool, I kind of blended with everyone because I, I was taught to, to look past the cover, right, and to be empathetic, right, and to, to know that we all have very similar things, you know, we eat, we sleep, we use the restroom, right? We have this DNA that we all are, when you strip this down, it's all the same. So then what we have is the next part of our story is, is, is where we've been, you know, our influences, our opportunities. And, and so that I was, you know, now I had money. I had a community, right? As in Dayton, Ohio at this point for all these years. So I had, I had something good, right? And I had, you know, a my future, right? My current wife, but back then we started, you know, we were dating, but so I had the things that in theory you're supposed to have, right? I was 25, 26, most all my bills are paid except for my mortgage. I had a good job. I had, right, with steady and good income. I had, you know, a future wife, you know, in the making. And it's kind of like that, that, the picture of America that we say it's some falsity, especially growing up in the 80s and 90s, is, is this, this is what you work for. This is it. And so all of a sudden at 25, 26, I had it. Well, it wasn't clicking here and it wasn't clicking here, right? There had to be more. And so knowing that people mattered, knowing that community mattered, it was like, let's do something, right? There's a huge need. And at the time, right, Dayton, Ohio ranked in the top 10 hungriest cities in America, right? So per capita of saying, some of the biggest need top 10 in America and so we knew there, there was an issue of people who were hungry right not starving and I think that's that's a big thing of but knowing there was a need knowing that I'd fallen in love with this city that I, I didn't grow up in because I invested in people and people invested in me right and even within my company I had some really great bosses and people who poured into me and you know they kicked, kicked my butt but that was their style and I grew up right and I got educated I got educated on a community and one of the things that was neat is I was working in the west side of Dayton well the west side of Dayton has notoriously been a rougher neighborhood uh, more low income and so I didn't know it right when I moved here I, I bought a house in Beaver Creek Ohio and that's familiar right? It's definitely nicer, a condo there. And then I was commuting to West Dayton, which was definitely way, way more urban and still is. Um, but I was working alongside of people from all different walks of life. And so while working within that community and seeing the need, because as being a boss, right? When we were, when, when the company was running, when production was running, right? I was boss. Mm -hmm. And I accepted that because I was getting paid to make sure things got done. 
But on break time, I would go outside and I would be with people, right? And so constantly I would switch from boss, boss Jason to just Jason, you know? So, so my employees constantly got a balance of, okay, you're going to kick our butt because you're getting paid to get operations done. But as soon as you take a break or a lunch, you're going to be a human, right? And so with that balance of making money and then being myself and knowing that I could do both, right? So it was simple things. Even back then, it was buying a lunch for someone because it was like, I know what they make. I know what I make. And I'm listening to them tell me about their life, right? Their hardships. Because here's the deal. We all have hardships. Mm -hmm. But as you get to know people, we become more honest about those. And so I was finding out to do simple things of, you know, dropping a good employee a couple hundred bucks in the weekend because I knew he had, his kid had, you know, dental surgery. And it was, it wasn't about paying me back. It was just going, I know I have more. You have, you at the moment have less and you have a need. I can meet that need, right? And so at some level, while being in corporate and, and fast paced, making money in America, I was also being able to find balance within myself. But that made me recognize that Dayton had a bigger need. And so that when Jason and I continued to talk about need helping, uh, it was it was kind of a click of, look, let's go and do something bigger, right? And so let's take this blip that I'm getting during breaks and lunches that feed my soul, and let's turn that into all day, every day, you know? And if all day, every day works, awesome. And if it doesn't, then I can go back to, to this world and find a balance of, of making money and then also being a, being a human being. And so that's kind of where, right, the toll was going on for probably two years where I was having, right, conflictingness of being like, my life is well, and I've reached the goals I was told to reach. But yet I'm still really young, and I think I can do more. I can still be me. I can still figure out a way to pay my bills, but I can do more. And that's kind of where the transition came, right? Just not being content of, Right, those break times and lunches weren't enough for for me, and so I was like, "Let's take, let's reverse it, right? Let's have break time and lunches be about doing these type of things, right? Telling stories and, and getting people to help, and then the work time is helping people." And so it was just kind of a flip over the course of a couple of years, and eventually opportunities and the stars aligned, or whatever you want to call it, good faith, and and, and we took the leap, and we just said. Hey, let's do this thing and call it something bog because no reason to put a brand on. Like, let's not make it something bigger than, than it is. Let's let people feed people and put a name on it that maybe someone goes, What the heck is bog? <laughs> so, yeah, that, that's amazing. Cause I, um, that was going to be one of my first questions. I'm glad you addressed it, um, with, with bog because it, it, it makes sense. And you guys are building something bigger than, than yourselves. And what I what I like about your your journey and what you what you've just uncovered here is the fact that you used your corporate life as a vehicle to start the entrepreneur life or you know the philanthropic life that you're running now. But it almost had to happen that way, um, and and it, it happened kind of similar to me. I had that same situation where I'm checking off boxes. Um, I mean, I, I was. I didn't have one job like you had. I was all over the place later in life. Find out I'm ADD. So like 31 jobs later, um, you know, maybe it should have been assigned somewhere along the lines, but 
uh, I had the same feeling where I was, I was, I was looking for something more, but I tell people all the time to use your company right now as a vehicle. Cause right. It might not be the perfect time to maybe jump out and start your own company, but you use that time, no matter how small it was, even in the, the break times and lunch times to kind of hone in on yourself with your self-awareness. Um, do you think that anyone can get to that point? Is, is that, is that something that you think, um, the common person in the corporate America can do? You know, I do. I, I do. I think, I think that each one of us have, right, our own trials and tribulations to get over. But I also, but I, when I say I think I do, I don't think that means everyone is set to leave that world and to start a nonprofit or to jump ship and totally go 100% in, right? I think there is some, some people and some of us that using it as a hobby or a passion or a gift or a way to serve our community. I think that's sometimes just just as well, but I think knowing this is what I care about. Here's how I can insert me into that story or into that lane. And so, yes, but I don't necessarily think it it needs to be right 100% because I don't think it is 100% for some people because, right, there's so many factors in each one of our worlds that make us unique that... And if everyone did what I was doing or what I am doing, right, it doesn't have balance, right? Like so we have like we have volunteers who come out. We have volunteers Monday through Thursday between our warehouse and our events every week. Okay, if everyone didn't have what it takes to fill the tank and pay their bills, right? Why would you come and volunteer with us? Right? There would be no volunteers. If everyone was just doing their own thing. So I think at some level it is we have the ability to find out what we're passionate about, what we care about in our communities and the world. And either if, if, if you have something unique or something you see as not being done in your community, sure, like do the work, do the research, educate yourself, make sure you align yourself with the right tools and start something as small as it, you can actually do, right? So I think, but if it's also happening in your community and there's multiple people or even one source that's doing it really well, insert yourself as right as a volunteer or donor, right? Give what you can. But I think a lot of times people get afraid that either what they can give isn't enough or they're not being invited into it. I've heard that a lot of times in the 11 years, which is strange to me every time I hear it where people say, hey, thanks for sitting down and having lunch or coffee with me and inviting me to be a part of what you're doing. You know, for me, I feel like I always think the invite's wide open. But that isn't the way it's always perceived and received. So, so yes, right? But I think knowing your scale too and, and what, what scale is, right? And your scale is who you are, right? Because I do think a lot of times too, people will take that leap of saying, ah, I've had enough and I'm going to do this. And it's like, well, that's, there's already 10 of those in your community. So, have you really thought about like why you're not just joining one of those 10, you know? So I think yes, but knowing where to best insert yourself and, and how. That's perfect. Cause the, um, the one thing I'm always saying is, is if, even if you can do a small amount of change, uh, 1% of change in an, in an airplane route will change it to a different continent. But like, if you do 1% each day, you can have, expounding results as you go through 
that being said, whenever you put it to scale, like you said, uh, it's it makes a huge difference. It makes a huge difference because now it becomes achievable. And when people put a, a goal that might not feel achievable, maybe there are 10 in that area. And maybe with a little bit of research, you'd find that out. So then you could pivot a little bit and find what those people or, or businesses are missing. Um, so I think that's, that's huge. And um, whenever you're, that, that gets people started. And the next hard thing is maintaining. So let's start with you guys. Like, how is, how is BOG going now? I, I saw that it's about what, 2000 families or you guys have um, uh, more, more radius now. How's it, how's it going? Yeah, no, it, it is. It's going so well. I think, so we have, we try to do every week, one to two events in the community each week. And then, you know, two days within our warehouse for logistics and packing. And then we also, one thing we've kind of done is, is where we pivoted some is, right, as the world has shifted, we've had to figure out how to shift. And also as we've come along over these years, we've recognized that, look, we're really good at getting food to people. So whether that's groceries or cooking a meal or working with, you know, a local restaurant to either, right, buy the food from them, because here, here's a big thing, right? The old school way is go to a restaurant and say, I'm with a nonprofit. I'm trying to feed people, donate food. Well, guess what? Like, that's good, but it's also not what everyone wants. And it isn't always a win-win. You know, so for us, if we have the resources to support a local restaurant and then take that food and give it to people who want it, right? Everyone benefits in that moment, right? Just because it's nonprofit and you can ask for free, I don't think you always should ask for free. You know, and so for us, we tried to make sure that, you know, when things are well. And, and there are a little more resources left that we are we are sharing them and, and plugging them in to all things around the Dayton area. So for us, being in the Dayton area, you know, we primarily serve in Montgomery and probably in Greene County, right? So so we do have a footprint at some level in all those counties, whether it's it's just this or it's like this. And I think the early years, the first five years, I think we cared more about numbers. Um, one, because you're trying to tell a story to grow and let people know that you are legit and that you are doing what you say you do. But then I would say the last, you know, five to six plus years, we aren't numbers people. I'm not, Jason's not, our board's not. And right, it's about loving and feeding people. And when you start figuring out parameters of numbers, well, numbers are good on paper, numbers are good on screens, and they tell a story, right? Analytically. Right. But numbers do not translate the heart and they do not translate actually meeting people and so we went with crazy big numbers and then we've kind of slowly rode down and now we're kind of just trying to find that sweet spot of if it fits loving and feeding people whether we're doing whether we're bringing our own vehicles out to a park and setting up and giving away groceries and cooking a meal interacting with kids you know paint nails or throwing footballs or we're working with another business or nonprofit and saying, hey, you're doing an event. Hey, let us come and just do the cookout, right? Because it doesn't need to be an exclusive bog event. I don't need the shine, right? right? The, shine, the shine, I think, is what allows us to fail. You know, we live in a world where it's look at my brand, look at my face, listen to my words, be exclusive to me. And if you're not, right, if you're not exclusive to me, then leave, right? It's it's and we kind of see it as look if if you want to work with us or we want to work with you, 
It might be a one-time thing. It might be a three-year thing. But I think at some level, trusting that, being organic, listening to each other when we talk, and doing what each, each other does best, right? So, Bog, we do, at some level, for lack of better terms, pride ourselves on, I think we're good at feeding people, and I think we're really good at loving people and seeing the situation for what it is. So we've always said, look, if we can help, awesome. If we can, no hard feelings. And we've told our volunteers, you know, that, come out, check us out. If it's a good fit, awesome, come back, thank you. If it's not, thanks for coming out once. Go find whatever passion brought you to volunteer with us today. Go find someone that will, will, will be a good fit for both of you. So I think for us, it's, it's constantly evolving and making sure that instead of saying how many people can we get food to this week, right? How can we best love and feed people in the Dayton area? And that's kind of been the shift and kind of where we're at right now. And when we're talking future is if, if it fits within loving people and feeding people and helping our community, we're all about a conversation or action. Right. And so I'm sure 11 years doesn't go by without a few barriers or struggles that you've hit. I mean, you say 11 years. I mean, that, there's a ton of stories I'm sure you could tell. Um, what are some top struggles that you've gone through that people might not realize whenever it comes to forming a nonprofit, but even just, um, you know, one in the local in the Dayton area? No, I, uh, that's, that's super good. Cause you're right. There's tons of, there's tons of ups and downs. I would say, right. One of the biggest things that I I've, I've been disclosing, whether you meet me once you've known me forever is right. There's myself, Jason, mm-hmm. and then there's Jason Barton. Jason Barton and I were friends before we started bond, right? It was a relationship. You can't just dive in, but we both had aligning passions but one thing that happened early on, especially year one, was right, friends and business, you hear it all the time. Don't do it, right? Don't hire your friend. Don't start a business with your friend. And right, statistics show that most of the times they aren't good things, right? Someone ends up being bought out, left out, or the whole project fails because of ego and pride. And I would say in our first year, you know, I, we one thing Jason and I do notoriously, we've done it for 11 plus years. And I and I also would recommend it to anyone who's doing business with someone they love. We sit in a room every week, once a week. We talk through life, we talk through business and everything in between. Because if we're not on the same page, we cannot support each other, we cannot support the organization. And I say all that to say, right, year one, about six months in, in our weekly meeting, you know, I had to look at my friend, someone I love, someone I believe in and say, I don't like you right now. At this moment, I'm not your friend. We need to take a break from being friends and we have to learn how to, to, to love each other as work people. Right. And then we can refigure out how to be friends. You know, and it was one of those that it was hard, right? Like, and I, cause I just tell my friend that someone I love, like, I don't want to be your friend right now because I don't like you right now. And right. But instead of saying that and saying, well, let's not meet next week. Cause it's awkward. No. We worked through it, you know, that meeting was probably a five hour meeting because we had to talk through that, figure out parameters. And we've done that, you know. So I would say for us, you know, we both have gone from, you know, single to married to kids to different houses to parent losses to diseases to 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 child losses. 
we between the two of us, we have this really big portfolio of really hard times, and a lot of them are more personal than professional. Uh, but when personal hurts, right, professional is impacted all the time. So I would say, like, in all the hardships of life, a lot of times it is personal. But as it's become a professional, we've been able to communicate to each other and, and share that load and continue to move through. And also with nonprofit, I would say one thing that we've recognized is as much as you think you're doing good and as much as you think you, you are doing something impactful, guess what? There's someone out there who thinks you're doing it horribly, who, who's gonna hate, you know? And guess what? At some level, right, there's a million quotes we could think about. But I think there's something if you can take, you can take and hear what someone's saying, chew through it, be okay to go, yeah, maybe they're right, right? And hey, if, if what we're hearing is right, how can we work through that to best serve our community, to best, to best be a representation of loving people in the Dayton area? And if they're wrong, being able to go, look, we live in a world where it's super easy to jab and jab without consequences and to go, okay, take it with a grain of salt, right, and move on. And so I think it's that, you know, I'd say it's another thing is just knowing if, if you are being who you say you are, right, if you can look in that mirror, if you can look at your coworker or yourself and say, no, we honestly are being who we need to be, you know, and just keep being it because a lot of times those things will deter good too, you know, so transparency and hardships and because hardships come, but, you know, I would say those are kind of things, right? Communication and and trying to be self-aware and communicating to whoever parties you're working with, whether whether they are equals in the workforce or the bottom person, you know, making sure that whatever you expect, you're giving and vice versa. Mm, man, wow, I'm learning so much. And, and I, I honestly love it because I, I've gone through similar situations with, with partners and I, and I wish I had the meeting, the weekly meeting that you had uh, with Jason, because it, it it really is crucial. And I've gotten to a point where uh, I had a business partner in the past and it got too awkward or it got too, um, maybe we were just pushing it down as far as like giving the other person uh, feedback. And then whenever it came to giving feedback, it wasn't necessarily taken in the right way and, and it went haywire. And um, those happen more often than not in partnerships. And you, you're so right with the communication, like it has to be so transparent and especially with a partnership because you're you almost talk to them and you probably you have to talk to them almost more than your significant other because it's a, if you're working eight hours or you know weekends you're always with this with with this person so the trust has to be there um so you there's a lot of things that um i can relate to whenever uh you're talking about those certain situations because i've gone through them just in the last uh two years uh, and I'm sure that there are a lot of people that go through and, and you kind of mentioned it, like just being transparent and um, kind of just being open. But maybe if people could um, maybe set those those weekly scheduled um, meetings where it could be like, hey, these, there's going to be some hard conversations here. Is that kind of how you guys um, developed that? It was just kind of like, hey, this is going to happen and we can't have hurt feelings at the end of it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, essentially it is that without a doubt, but it's also knowing that to that, right. You've said it like we both have spouses, we have kids, but I see him and talk to him and communicate with him 
constantly. So yeah, it's you know you've got you got to you have to be willing to, I think, in good business to make an impact no matter what you're doing, whether it's making billions of dollars or or doing something for free, right? If you cannot be yourself and communicate your strengths and weaknesses on a weekly basis and hear that from you know whoever you're working with whether it's a team or or, you know just a partnership absolutely right it is a make or break situation in my opinion and yeah yeah i agree with that and i um although i am the only one on the podcast show right now i feel like i'm in church and i'm the only one like hearing the message (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah it really rings true to me and um you know we're, we're coming up on on time here but um, there's a couple of questions I want to ask. And one of them is what is the future for Bog and, and what's the future for Jason Johnson? Uh, very good. Uh, so the future for Bog is to continue to love and feed people. It's that simple. It's been that way for 11 plus years. We're going to continue to figure out how to get food to those who need it, right? Those who need food. I don't care what they're perceived as our community is. We're going to continue to make sure those who need food get it. We're going to continue to work with businesses and organizations and church groups and everyone in between that that wants to support Dayton, to care about their neighbor, to care about each other, right? We're going to continue to plug in and work coinciding with those organizations. For myself, I'm going to keep being a part of this until it doesn't make sense anymore, right? Until, until this or this no longer aligns with this. Right. But at some level, it's starting to feel like people have always mattered. Uh, so I don't know when something is about loving people and feeding people how how it won't align with me. So uh, I'm going to keep raising my family. I'm going to keep investing in this community um, and keep trying to find right the silver linings when, when those hard those hard moments and situations come up personally and professionally and uh, evolve. Right. I think that's a big thing. Right. That whoever hears this. I wholeheartedly believe we, no matter how late, what age we are, we have the ability to evolve if we believe in ourselves, if we give ourselves the tools, right? It's so easy to talk about the tools, but only we know what we need for us to make us the best output, you know? So I'm going to keep living and take care of myself because if I don't have it in my tank, how can I give it to anyone else at any level, whether it's my kids, my wife, my bog, we have to take care of ourselves. And I think it's super important to look in the mirror and ask maybe the question, maybe I'm still not the best version of myself, right? Maybe the, the, the person people remember me as, maybe I'm not even that person yet because I haven't maybe taken the steps to make me that best version of myself, right? Right, find pride in yourself, right? Find, find joy in yourself. And you can give that out, right? So I'm not going to settle for who I am today. I'm going to embrace who I am today. I'm going to give away who I am today. But I'm going to hope for me that there's a better me. So, yeah. Awesome. Uh, amazing. We, um, we had an amazing conversation today. I, I really appreciate everything you said. I'm, I'm over here just like taking everything in. Uh, and, and the amount of stuff that you've learned in the 11 years and even in the corporate world and before that, before it really shows, um, I appreciate you having, you being on here. Um, one thing I always like to, 
leave everyone with is, is where can our listeners find um, BOG? Where can they look for if they're looking to volunteer? How can um, we point them to you guys? Yeah, awesome. So, so the general hub, right? The BOG, B-O-G-G dot org, right? Or just Google BOG, Dayton, Ohio, BOG Ministries, any of those subangs should work. Right. And our social media hubs are there and our volunteer hubs and our donating hubs and any way that you get involved with us is there. And of course, we're on every social media channel. So we, we live in a world where it's easy to plug in. So we just hope people uh, want to get involved with us or at least check us out. Plug in. If it's a good fit, like I said earlier, come back. Thank you. Awesome. If not, take whatever brought you to volunteering or donating with us and find another hub that fits you, your heart. And that's how our community gets better.